0: Today on the show, get your ashes in church, wither doth come wisdom, supporting young people in their defining decade. What's up with Father Decker's hair, our picks of the week, some back chat, and so much more. The Catholic Underground starts right now. Oh, you heard me right. It's in, it's, it's in fact time for the CU Weekly we are the podcast that tries to cut through the noise of the digital continent and bring you the topics that matter. It's episode number 363. I am Father Chris Decker. Joining me this week, we've got uh, Kathleen Lee. She's the religion teacher at Archbishop Chappelle High School in Metairie. She's our locally sourced, homegrown faith ninja. Yeah. Hi, mm-hmm. Kathleen. Hi. Also, we've got Olivia Galino. She's the associate director of youth and young adult ministry for the Diocese of Baton Rouge. And she's always here. Hey, Olivia.
1: Yes, I am. Hey. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> no, not that we wish she'd go anywhere. She's just, you're imminent.
1: She's always,
0: she's, here. Always she's always here, and she's always oh, here. She's here there, there's another. There's another voice you hear. Uh, Tyler Trahan, who is the director of the Franciscan Experience, at. The Franciscan Missionaries of Our Lady University. You got it. In you beautiful it. Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Welcome uh-huh. to you, Tyler. Thank you so much. Yes, to indeed. Be here. Yeah, and we've also got to over up in space. I suppose we should go up to the Jeff Star One near Earth orbit satellite to Jeff Blackwell, who is the technical director of that self same satellite. He joins us, <laughs> Jeff. Good to see you.
2: Good to be here, Tyler.
0: Yes, indeed, and of course Ed Balls in the ball pit. He's our video Yay. director. If you watch us on the video feeds. And uh, he switches all of the video to make it look pretty for all you of like you joining things. us on video. That's right. And uh, I suppose at the top of the show we should we should do a call back to uh, to last week's episode if you're watching mm-hmm. us in order. It's 363 this week, so you'll want to go back to 362 where we were talking about Lenten practices. And uh, I was uh, normally I, I get a haircut before Lent starts mm-hmm. because I just let my hair grow, <laughs> and uh, and including uh, facial hair too. Mm-hmm. So we talked about a penitential faux hawk. And uh, I, did, I did get my hair cut this week, but uh, uh, this was about all I could manage for a penitential faux hawk. So, so <laughs> yeah. if you're joining us uh, on, on the podcast, um, it's not as high as it would have been in high school. Let's put it that way.
3: I'm so impressed. <laughs> I mean,
0: uh, to me, like, this
3: is run, what's running through my brain. It's the most wonderful <laughs> time of the, the year. And it's only going to get better. <laughs> yeah, as much as we enter into into Lent and, like, we're, oh, you know, pay attention. This is just, like, the highlight. Right. Right? <laughs> every week I come and I go,
1: Yeah. Yes. Because every every week he goes deeper and deeper into uh-huh. the depths of his penance <laughs> that he's chosen. And he's just. It's like scratching at it. It's like Uh, that's true. That's true. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) So,
0: so uh, can we? Can uh, am I okay with going back to the penitential beard? And can I let my the top of my head return to normal?
3: I mean, I say, we might have to revisit. Uh, it See how yeah. <laughs> yeah. okay, okay, much right. we can it right. Like, like
4: say, okay. give the people what they want. Thank, t- you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank give you. Give the people thank what they you. want. That's right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Lisa from Telecare says she likes the hairstyle. So you never know. I mean, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, good. it's yeah, a yeah. winner. Yeah, yeah. 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 What Look,
3: when, when Olivia and I try to catch things on, they catch. That's right. The ball hit. The photo. Hello.
0: That's right. They are. They themselves are a hashtag. Yes. We are hashtag
1: goals. Hashtag trending. Yep. That's true.
0: And poor Tyler is just caught in the middle of all of it.
4: Hey, and I'm thanking God for
0: every minute of it. So. Oh, oh. Good oh. answer. Um, I'm thanking <laughs> God for every minute that of is, it. That is the correct am- amount of sycophancy. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, so so uh, we're talking about all these penitential things, uh, hair notwithstanding. There's one thing that all it of us standing, do.
3: It is though. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes. this,
0: right into that <laughs> uh, <laughs> this really is a television program and an audio podcast. Anyway, so, so every, everybody, um, uh, hair standing, uh, uh, or no hair at all, receives a mark on their head on Ash Wednesday, mm-hmm. and that's the imposition of ashes. It's a solemn ritual that signals the beginning of the holy season of Lent. In fact, it's a distinctive ceremony, right, because there's no other thing like this in our liturgical mm-hmm. year. Um, it, it harkens back to a lot of different things, and actually, if you remember Kathleen, in Europe, they don't do the forehead with the, the ashes; mm. they sprinkle ashes mm. on the on the crown of the head. Nice. It's That's actually a more traditional way. Yeah. Um, in fact, uh, the ashes generally come from a previous a previous Palm Sunday, and so the ashes are are, uh, are prepared and they are they are burned, um, oftentimes in a in a fire. Uh, maybe post Christmas, the burning of the greens. You know, mm-hmm. after after the Christmas trees are are collected, mm. and uh, the palms are also burned, and then uh, and then those are those are collected together into bowls, and they are mixed with a little bit of holy water actually to to give them a little bit of uh, of, of tackiness, mm-hmm. and then they are they are spread on the forehead. So uh, so very kind of a cool thing. So if you haven't ever been, although in Louisiana, it's important for us to say that. Everybody, everybody goes to church on Ash Wednesday. Yeah. Oh yes, absolutely. It's, it's like mm-hmm. an unofficial holy day of obligation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'm always amazed at the number of people that come to mass or for yeah. the imposition of ashes on Ash Wednesday, and I go, huh? Uh, not sure if Catholic or not. Mm-hmm. And either way, it's good to see you here. Right. Right. You're welcome. Right, right, yeah, exactly. Right. There's this connection that we have, right, with mm-hmm. with going. To receive the ashes, and of course we know that that comes from Mark chapter one, huh? Turn away from sin and be faithful to the gospel, or the one that I use that harkens back to Genesis. So just a few verses after the the great uh, proto evangelion, Jeff, the proto evangelion is where is where God tells the serpent, "You will strike at her heel, but she will crush your head." Mm. And so mm. and so right after that, he reminds humanity of, well, since you have transgressed. This is what has to take place remember that you are dust and unto dust you Mm -hmm. shall return Mm -hmm. we have to undergo that uh, that return back to dust Uh, yet we know that we are redeemed Mm -hmm. there is a time in which that dust will be reconstituted uh, into Mm -hmm. into the hallowed halls of heaven Mm -hmm. so it's important that we do that ashes also symbolize two main things in the old testament death and repentance so they're equivalent to dust right ashes are are a burned up a carbonified thing and at some point Kathleen, you and I will be thin layers of carbon.
3: Oh, man.
0: (laughs) But it's okay, we got time, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's right, true. exactly.
3: Uh, <laughs> even Abraham
0: tells God, I am but dust and ashes. It's a reference to our mortality. Mm-hmm. Jeremiah described death as a valley of corpses and ashes. I know we're just getting right <laughs> deep into it here. Happy Mardi Gras, everyone. That's on right, on. happy yeah. Mardi Gras. Yeah. <laughs> and, and ashes are an ominous sign, they are. They remind us uh, of death. In fact, mm-hmm. one of the things that St. Benedict always says is to keep death always before you mm-hmm. memento mori, remember one mm-hmm. day that you will die and and uh, death may come sooner or later but it surely comes and one of the things that that we do during lent is we are we we don't shy away from that reality because we know between now and the time that the lord calls us home we've got things to do Mm -hmm. yeah and and one of the things that we've got to do is is to turn away from sin to consistently Mm -hmm. continually every day of our lives Turn away from sin. of death is coming, we have to be prepared. Remember, we have to keep our lamps lit. That's what the scriptures talk about, right? Making sure that we are lighting the way for the Lord to claim us, to call us home. And so uh, we know that uh, there, there are different types of, of penitential actions. In the Old Testament, it's really kind of a, an interesting thing to see people sitting in ashes, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. All of the people of Nineveh sit in ashes, and they clothe themselves with like a burlap, with sackcloth. To show that that they are they are in a time of penance, mm-hmm. and and they wish not to be to be judged um, unworthy, huh? unworthy of being collected and gathered back to God, They're a plea to God for mercy and for compassion, for pardon and forgiveness, and and we make this external sign. Right, it's always interesting whenever you you look on TV nowadays, you'll see uh, news commentators and people. Uh, uh, on television with ashes on their head. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I always think that it's interesting because b- usually folks say, well, wait a minute, isn't the reading on Ash Wednesday, mm-hmm. you know, whenever you're fasting, whenever you're giving alms, whenever you're praying, don't make it look like you're doing so. And yeah, yet you right, put this external right. sign mm-hmm. on there, you know, yeah. yeah, and and yet those externals are very, very important for us because they're a reminder of what's happening or should be happening on the inside. Mm -hmm. And that's why we as individuals go in and receive the ashes. Mm -hmm. And I think that's also why people are kind of drawn to Ash Wednesday.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I wonder, sorry, especially here, since we go hard on Mardi Gras, Mm -hmm. if the reality of Ash Wednesday really sets in and maybe that's a contributing reason. I don't know if it's cause or effect, but...
0: Yeah, I'm not sure if it's the same elsewhere. Mm. You know,
3: mm-hmm. I always love Ash Wednesday because it's like the Where's Waldo of Catholics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you're like we're in the grocery yeah. store, and you're like, "Yeah, I see you." That's mm-hmm. right. Yes. Uh, it's, uh, high five. It, it. it could also That's be right. a call
4: for accountability because it's mm-hmm. like, "Hey, you don't have your ashes on. What yeah. have you been doing today?" Yeah. You know, they have six, <laughs> o'clock, mass, and have mass six o'clock mass. Six o'clock mass. <laughs> yeah. It's probably gonna be full, but you should go. Mm-hmm. That's right. The call to
0: accountability. That's right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, and, and it's also important to note that the reason that, that, we, that we do penance, the reason that we are uh, aware of, of our impending death whenever it comes, huh, is that we're sinners. And when we come forward to receive Ashes on Ash Wednesday, we're saying that we're sorry. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, that's what we're doing. We're being marked yes. with, with, with dust. We're saying, I'm sorry for my sins. I'm sorry for the, the way that my sins affect my relationship with God and with one another. And I want to use the season of Lent to correct our fault. To, to purify my heart, to control my desires, to grow in holiness, so that we're actually going to be prepared for the great day of Easter, the mm-hmm. great day of rejoicing, which is, as I say, that the triduum is the Catholic Super Bowl, right? That's yeah. the day that, that everything else in our church year kind of funnels down to, uh, not unlike my hair. Um, <laughs> and, and so, yeah, we have to be ready for joy, and the way that we are ready to, to be, to be uh, prepared for great joy is by allowing ourselves a time of sorrow of mourning for our sins and actually atoning for them in some yeah. way
4: mm-hmm. uh, one of the things that um, whenever I was back in college one of the things I will never forget is how you know during the season of Lent kind of like you said it's a it's a time for sorrow yeah because you know we're trying to um, transform our hearts because of our own sinfulness right. And I'll never forget that I had a friend of mine who um, was walking through the halls of Christ the King Catholic Student Center at LSU, Mm -hmm. and she was so excited that Lent had started. Like She was full of joy, and I kind of reflected on that. I was like, but if you really think about it, Lent, Mm. if you think about it, can also be a very joyous season because you're Mm -hmm. being able to more more reflect on the mercy of God Mm -hmm. and about how... We are preparing ourselves for the resurrection, where we were redeemed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and
0: sometimes w- we we as Catholics who kind of play the home game every day, mm-hmm. we we go, oh gosh, it's Lent again. What am I gonna give up? What am I gonna do? Right. But, right. But the flip side of that is there are those who are like, yeah, mm-hmm. I get the chance. To really concentrate on this. exactly mm-hmm.
4: and, i mean it's it's and i think for me going into Lent, it's just it's just such an opportunity to really just for these 40 days to put my soul focus on my relationship with christ in my suffering mm-hmm. and for me I, like i said i never forget how much that was such a beautiful thing for me to witness yeah um it's, so my entire mindset has changed with the season of Lent. Yeah,
0: and whenever we witness somebody who is who is martyring, mm-hmm. who is witnessing to us, mm-hmm. uh, how how they want their faith to to grow, absolutely. Uh, oftentimes, yeah, it does. It it brings us forward as well. Mm-hmm. It's very true, very very true. So uh, so we certainly hope that that you're going to have a good start to the Holy Season of Lent and. Uh, I, whether it's a penitential faux hawk or, or whether uh, you're, you're giving up something, which is important to say, right? A lot of folks say, well, I don't know why I have to give something up, but, but, uh, but I'd rather do something. Well, we're Catholic. It's both and, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I, can, I can deprive myself of something so that I can grow in, uh, in, in Christian virtue. But part of growing in virtue is also reaching out. Mm-hmm. It's also uh, giving of alms. Remember, alms isn't just money. Mm-hmm. Alms is also my time. It's a way that I reach out to show mercy towards another person. Uh, sometimes I think we we give alms a bad rap and think mm-hmm. that it's just putting the, the the nickel or so into the operation yeah. rice bowl. Right. right. It's it's more than that, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, however you do that, oh look at this! Joe McLean uh, says uh, it's a good opportunity to do some service projects that we don't normally do, to feed the homeless, to visit a nursing home, et cetera, and to bring your family with you. Joe mm-hmm. McLean, always there on the assist. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Joe's at Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. You yeah. get the yeah. ding, uh, Joe from Guadalupe. Radio, Uh, Very, very good. Well, you know, I think what we should do uh, before we move on to the next topic is just remind you that you're listening to, you're watching, you are somehow experiencing the Catholic Underground. Oh, yeah, you are listening to the Catholic Underground. We are online at catholicunderground.tv. I am Father Chris Decker, joined by the inimitable Jeff Blackwell up in space. We've also got our friends Olivia Galino and Kathleen Lee and Tyler Trahan. Uh, Tyler, you know, uh, I've I've been trying desperately to remember to say your name correctly because we tend to <laughs> we make it we make it a long a sound oftentimes. Yeah, right? yeah, That's it's right.
4: re, it's really funny because uh, so I'm from an area, a very small town called Lake Arthur, um, which is kind of between Lafayette and Lake Charles. A lot of people. Um, we refer to it as Cajun country, uh-huh. um, right. alternative to Houma, um, yeah. Louisiana, and all that area. And only within my small little area, you'll hear the word Trahan. Mm-hmm. But if you go to Lake Charles Lafayette, you'll hear Treyhan. Trahan. And so um, <laughs> whenever I moved to Baton Rouge for school, I, I've always gotten to Trahan and had to kind of... Tra-han. Yeah, just kind of had to nerves, get over yeah. the mispronunciation, right. you know?
0: It, whenever you hear your, your last name mispronounced, does it send like a little shiver up your <laughs> spine or... You at first it, it did,
4: at mm-hmm. first it did, but then you just kind of become numb to it, mm-hmm. um, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> so, right. and De-sanitizing right. culture,
1: one person that's at right. a time. That's right,
4: that's right. Now I
0: am comfortably numb. <laughs> yeah, our picks of the week are coming up uh, in a little while. We've also got a back chat for you, time mm. permitting, but but first we want to talk a little bit about wisdom. Remember, it's, it's the holy season of Lent that we're, that we're getting ready to experience. And it's a time that's tied up with our baptism, but also wanting to grow in wisdom.
1: Right. And I love this topic, especially because of what you were talking about earlier, Father, about um, how we use Lent as a time to kind of contemplate death. And what I was thinking about as you were talking is, like, that's what Plato's project Through the Mouth of Socrates was. You know, his his idea of philosophy was that it's a preparation for death, which is a really, like, horrible way to start your philosophic studies. So, like, don't maybe Mm -hmm. begin there. Maybe, like, go with something a little easier first. But... That's that's what he says the philosophical project is. It's just to prepare for death. And what does that mean? It means becoming good human beings. It that's means right. practicing a moral life. I mean, really, everything kind of funnels down to the moral life.
0: Right. Philosophy um, is the love... Of, of wisdom, exactly. and, and the love of wisdom is also the love of the human experience. Exactly, yeah. yeah.
1: And um, so I love this topic of wisdom because, like virtue, it's something that we're supposed to acquire. That's also a very like Platonic and Aristotelian it's not built idea. In necessarily, yeah, necessarily, right. Um, I think the capacity for it is built in, and mm-hmm. I'll talk about that in a little bit, but it's something that you have to work on. It's like a habit. Um, well, even
0: our Lord experienced that right mm-hmm. he, he grew in grace and in wisdom
1: exactly yeah mm-hmm. so if it's good enough for our lord it's good enough for us <laughs> um but yeah, and the call to wisdom is really explicit in Scripture and, and, you know, almost annoyingly so in the Old Testament, which is not annoying because I love the Old Testament. But think about like the Psalms, especially Proverbs. You hear this call to wisdom over and over again because Lady Wisdom is a, it's a personification of what we now know as the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she has a prominent role in a lot of these um, proverbial writings in the in the Old Testament. To say nothing of the Book of Wisdom. Exactly. Right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, think about Psalm ninety. You know, teach us to count our days aright, that we may gain wisdom of heart. Or Proverbs eight eleven uh, declares that wisdom is better than jewels. Uh, and all that you may desire cannot compare with her.
0: Kathleen, better than Jules? Oh,
3: yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wisdom and pearls. I do like a good necklace.
0: <laughs> Wisdom and pearls. I think, Jeff, that's a podcast waiting for Kathleen to record.
3: Ooh, Valentine's Julie. Day is coming up. Oh, no. <laughs> just
4: saying.
0: Remember, you can't spell Valentine this year without Lent. Oh. <laughs> uh, wow. Buzzkill. Okay. okay.
4: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know, and I just thought about something. The Proverbs 31 woman is... Um, talked about as being like more worthy than pearls yeah so wisdom is better than jewels and a woman a wise woman or a a virtuous woman is better than pearls then Mm -hmm.
3: women are wise Mm -hmm. (laughs) i mean the bible says that's right the bible tells me so yes um anyway i I I know many a
0: woman wiser than myself very very true
1: so yeah, just in case you thought the, the Old Testament didn't have nice things to say, no, they of course she does. Um, okay, so rounding back to the point, um, <laughs> we also see this primacy of wisdom talked about in the New Testament. So think about um, the letter to, uh, from James, James 1, 5, says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. So it's something, again, that you have to ask for. It's something that's not inherent, but something that you seek after.
0: Mm-hmm. W- would you say that we ask for wisdom in the same way that we ask for grace?
1: I think so, yeah. 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 And I think that wisdom is something that the more you cooperate with grace, Mm -hmm. um, and the more, you know, just by virtue of that cooperation, you become more like... God, the more you grow in holiness, then wisdom becomes something that is Mm. accumulated, I guess. Yeah. 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 Um, But then that kind of brings up the question of, well, what is wisdom? You know, we talk about wantingness and we have our own concepts in our mind of what we think wisdom is, Um, but it's always good to define our terms, right? Yes. So it seems kind of related to knowledge, you know, like knowing a lot of things, but also distinct from that because you can have someone who's really smart who's kind of not so dumb. I mean, who's kind of dumb and not so smart. (laughs) Um, so just in everyday parlance, wisdom implies a certain attitude, a certain uh, approach towards reality, um, that kind of results in an action of some kind. Mm -hmm. Um, so wisdom seems to be not just being book smart, maybe we would say, but also a little bit street smart. Um, so, you know, just an example, like I may know that it's unsafe to walk into a crack house, but I'm (laughs) not wise unless I put that into action and just keep going, <laughs> you right. know, yeah. Um, yeah. because I may know that, but what I do doesn't always reflect what I know.
3: Mm-hmm. Right? right.
0: Yeah. I, I think, I think that's in the same way that, that kind of philosophy builds upon principles joined with a human experience. Mm-hmm. That's really what wisdom is too. Wisdom, uh, there, there are eternal truths that, that wisdom reveals that we then put into practice.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. exactly. And I mean, the, the, point about eternal truths is right on the money because i mean think about the old testament when you think about wisdom and the all the examples that we've mentioned and all the ones that we haven't wisdom is often and i would say almost entirely connected with god's role as a creator mm-hmm. so when you think about like Eternal truth, what is that? That's something that God just is. Um, and when he creates, it's something that he writes into his creation. So that's why you can l- experience things in nature. That's why you can contemplate things in nature. And, you know, eventually with prayer, it will lead you to God because there's there's constructs of, of intelligence yeah. in everything that you're seeing. There's intelligibility, we would say. So wisdom being that um, connected so much with God's role as a creator um, you know, obviously God is wisdom, but, um, but that's so important for us to, to keep that in mind because it, it brings everything back to, um, everything comes to be a, a design of God. We understand mm-hmm. everything as a design of God. Um, and then we understand wisdom is something that itself is divine. Um, so let's just go back to the scriptures for a second, cause that's never a bad thing to do. Um, Proverbs 3.19 says that the Lord founded the earth by wisdom. He established the heavens by understanding. By his knowledge, the depths burst apart and the skies distilled dew. I love that. That's right. Um, It's very poetic, uh, the way that wisdom is
0: personified in Scripture Mm -hmm. like that.
1: It is. And I think it's important for us because I think... Especially now, um, post enlightenment, we have this understanding of wisdom and just knowledge as being something that's purely theoretical and factual, um, right? And just factual. knowing of facts. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's almost astounding to read, He established the heavens by understanding, by his knowledge, the depths burst apart. Mm-hmm. Because that's not just books. That's not, no. you know, a series of, of academic studies or scholarly journals. That's wisdom being this this unfathomable thing this unfathomable reality that god just is and we mm. don't say god is a list of facts right no. god is is so much more than that he's he's eminently more than that and so right. when we when we can encounter wisdom in, in that kind of definition mm. then we're there we're almost called to task with um, how we encounter our own wisdom.
0: That's interesting because you get a sense uh, that whenever we speak about God as as the truth, when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, mm-hmm. Jesus is not just saying that I, I am a, a personification of a set of facts, mm-hmm. but because he's telling us that he is a way and that he is the life, he's telling us that the things that we can know about God are are also something that we can experience. Mm-hmm. And, so, and so Jesus is also giving us a sense that whenever we come to know him, uh, we, we are coming into wisdom that way, mm-hmm. right? That we, yeah. are, we are coming to possess wisdom.
1: Exactly. Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it because you know Christ is a person, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so when we encounter Him, we're encountering wisdom. But it's not just His brain. It's not just His yeah. EKG. It's you know, it's it's not facts about Him. It's it's Him as a person. But it, it is a true encounter with wisdom. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, like so, whenever you meet somebody who is wise. Yeah. There's there's if you, you ever had that experience, I know we probably all have. You you speak with somebody. And and there's something about them that you can't put your finger on, and you know they know a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But there's also you go that person is wise. Mm-hmm. They they've joined what they know to how they live their life, mm-hmm. and and there is almost always an inherent joy that we experience when some, when we encounter somebody who is wise. You know mm-hmm. somebody who's ninety something years old, mm-hmm. and and maybe a, you know a bit persnickety and whatnot, mm-hmm. but they're wise and they're joyful because of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and I think that you bring up another distinction, too, um, with the, the the way that a wise person encounters other people. Yeah. You know, so you meet a wise person and they almost seem to, to know things about you like, mm-hmm. that you haven't revealed to them. And we can think about, um, use that as an experience to think about God and his wisdom. You know, so it's not just that he... Um, he's created everything in his wisdom and had, there is intelligibility in it, but that he knows those things intimately. Mm-hmm. He knows them as they are, um, because he gave them life. So he knows things, us, nature, all of that better than we know ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, the, the thrust of this is, well, okay, if wisdom is this applied knowledge of the creator, which we've said that it is, then how can we ever hope to have it? Because mm-hmm. that's, I mean, I'm not God. That's no. premise one, you <laughs> that's know? Right. Um, so if we pursue wisdom, isn't that kind of just an exercise in futility? Um, and, I mean, you see some, some evidence in Scripture, especially in Job, when he's wrestling with these things where he brings this up. He says, where were you? Um, it's a speech of God, of God talking to, to Job, and it says, where were you when I laid the earth's foundations? Speak if you have understanding. With the implication being, you don't. You weren't there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it pulls him out of, of those experiences into um, a position of trust. You know, so Job is struggling with all of these horrible things that have happened to him. Mm -hmm. And God says, you weren't there when I laid the foundations of the earth. There's more here. Um, And what he's doing is, and really what the the whole point of this conversation is, you know, how do we begin in wisdom? How do we begin to pursue wisdom if that's something that we're supposed to do? And I think it starts with, and you know, Proverbs 1, 7 tells us this, that it starts with fear of the Lord. Mm -hmm. It starts with a sense of awe and wonder. -hmm. And you see that even in um, the early early philosophers. So, like I've been talking a lot about Plato and Aristotle. Aristotle says this. He says wonder is the beginning of wisdom, and we see this explicitly in the scriptures too. That it's more specifically the fear of God. And I think whenever you can come into uh, an experience of. A person who is you know just eminently wise or uh, a moment with a loved one or even you know like we've said like something in nature you know yeah. watching birds fly in a, in a flying v formation like you see those things and you have an experience that you might not be fully cognizant of but it's an experience of wisdom and it's yes. something in you that's drawn to it and that's wonder Mm-hmm. Um, and I Most think, of the
0: wise people I know, that's exactly it. They always throw it back to God. Mm-hmm. They always say, everything I've got is because of Him. Yeah. yeah.
1: And and that's exactly it. That's like the final like parameter for knowing that wisdom is true wisdom, yeah. is that the wise person will tell you that they don't know anything. Mm-hmm. And it's because they've had those experiences of wonder when they realize... I am nothing that's like right. I yeah. I'm looking yeah. in the face of everything I'm looking in, in at God's intelligibility and I'm like I, I'm I am like i i do not even come close to that you yeah. know so all of the things that I know are basically meaningless that's right so unless
0: they're enfolded into into God
1: exactly yeah, yeah. it's
0: like St. Thomas Aquinas said so well right mm-hmm. after all that I've studied and all that I've learned it's all straw compared to an experience of Christ and mm-hmm. I would even go so far as to say, uh, with that experience of God, it was, it was Eucharistic. Mm-hmm. It was falling into the mystery of all the wisdom that is contained within mm-hmm. that single host. Mm-hmm. That single host. Uh, St. John Paul II said, the answers to all the problems of the world are in that tiny host. Mm-hmm. And that is true wisdom. Wow. Well, brothers and sisters, we're going to take a little bit of a break. You're watching The Catholic Underground. You're listening to it. Stay right where you are.
4: A prayer for vocations, O oh God, who wills not the death of a sinner, but
0: rather that he be converted and live, grant we beseech you, through the intercession of the Blessed
1: Mary, Ever-Virgin, Saint Joseph her spouse, and all the saints, an increase of laborers for your Church, fellow laborers with Christ, to spend and consume themselves for souls, through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Welcome back. You found the Catholic Underground with me, Father Chris Decker, joined by Olivia Glino, Kathleen Lee, Jeff Blackwell, Tyler Trahan and our picks of the week. Uh, they're coming up, but also some back chat. But, you know, we have a nice little think tank that we'd like to engage in because, as you know, well, actually, we, we have um, really kind of a nice wide swath of age groups, uh, mm-hmm. including Jeff. Right.
2: See? That's right. That must be wise because, as Olivia was saying, you know, if you know nothing. You must be why? Okay, I know nothing. Yeah. And so we want to talk a little bit about about uh, the church and young people. Yeah.
0: And uh, and there's this there's something Kathleen now called the defining decade.
3: Yeah, and I you know I've been thinking a lot about young adult ministry. And you know how you like roll something around in your head for a while, and then you find something that just somebody else has put exactly what's rolling around in your brain into some organized, eloquent. Thoughts? Usually it's Olivia for me. Yes, she, yeah. right? <laughs> well, I found this article um, by Jonathan Lewis at CatholicPhilly.com. Um, and, and he's talking about like what is young adult ministry? What does it mean, and what does the church do do with it? And if you've ever worked with young adult ministry, um, it's a little bit of a hot mess. <laughs> I mean, yes. You're Word. talking about people from 18 to 39. You're talking about young professionals, people who are married, people who are discerning religious life, people who are, who are in school, out of school, way out of school. Mm-hmm. 18 um, to
0: 39, we often don't think about that for youth or young adults. Yeah. No. Like, <laughs> that's that's a pretty wide.
3: That's two decades. I'm it's
0: still youth then. Uh, yeah. 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 I'm and but not 39. The, the phone tells us
3: right. so. <laughs> yes, and so so Jonathan Lewis at Catholic Philly talks about this um, this uh, author Meg Jay. Um, she wrote the defining decade, and she claims that our 20s are the most defining decade of adulthood. She says 80 percent of life's most defining moments take place by about age 35. Hmm. Mm. Well, hmm. now I'm
0: depressed a little. Right? <laughs> Personality can change more during our
3: 20s than any yeah. other decade in our life. Yep. Um, and when it comes to adult development, 30 is not is now the new 20.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything's kind of delayed by yes. about a decade, right? Yeah. Ooh. And
3: so, so you know, um, Pro Francis has called a Senate on young people and, mm-hmm. um, to be held in Rome in October of this year. And uh, in short, the Synod wants to help young people live out their vocation to holiness as lifelong adult Catholics by learning how to discern God's will in daily life. Now, if you are a young adult or you know a young adult, that is the question of Mm -hmm. life. Lord, what do you want? (laughs) What do you want me to do? I'll
4: do it. Just right. right.
3: That has basically been my prayer for the last five years. I will do whatever you want. (laughs) Just tell me what it is. She takes it out on the mic and I'm pretty sure, like, I'm pretty sure in my own discernment, and maybe you young adults out there that are listening, I'm pretty sure, for me personally, I say, Lord, what do you want me to do? And mm-hmm. he just goes, ah. Yeah. Yeah. Continue. Like, no, no. <laughs> no, no. Mm-hmm. Let's be specific, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but let's take a look at young adults and what we kind of struggle with, I think, is uh, young adults are taking longer to get to the adult stage of life. Look, if you're 39 and you're still considering yourself a young adult and and disconnected from that idea of being an adult, mm-hmm. right? Because a lot of times we're like, oh no no, they're just a young person. Mm-hmm. No dude, you're thirty nine. Like,
0: <laughs> I realize that as I get closer to thirty nine, there are some places I cannot shop anymore.
3: Yeah, you know? Oh, there have been many like, things the, like,
1: like Hollister, like right like, right,
0: exactly. <laughs> not, not that I ever did, but, but but you know like I realize I'm getting more to the Sears and Roebuck stage of my life than than I am the, yeah. the designer you know well, we were talking yeah. before yeah. the
3: show about how like you know down here in the south it's mardi gras season and mm-hmm. how you know friday night i was looking forward to watching my um my master's lectures and cleaning my apartment and <laughs> all my friends are like we're going to the parades i'm like good for you yeah. <laughs> call me if you need a ride have an like, Instagrammable I, that's, time. Yeah. That's yeah. It, right but so so why are young adults so kind of delayed. Well, it could be because of helicopter parents, mm-hmm. right? Um, I work with, with young people and have for probably the last decade. Um, this is, this is very true. And like helicopter
0: parents to, to define that those they're, they're there for certain parts of their children's life and then not others. Is that what you're saying? Well, It's, it's mm-hmm. more
3: like, um, like, you know, when I was in so for example, when I was in high school and I had a, a, a problem with a teacher, mm-hmm. my mom would say, go talk to your teacher mm-hmm. yeah. as a teacher. I get more emails from parents than I do from, from kids who are in my class mm-hmm. and that have an issue, you know, and it's like they are, they hover, they hover, mm-hmm. they hover and everything that, you know, that their child does. Well, that's not fair. This isn't, I you know, see. And so they're
0: always interceding yeah, for them, yeah. rather than
3: right. Uh, and making excuses for them. And, okay. you know, um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, it's all done I think most of the time in love, yeah, um, sure. but
0: yeah, we don't want anything bad to happen to sure, our children. Yeah.
3: yeah. But I mean, I was fortunate, and I, you know, I was fortunate to have a mama who said, you better pick yourself up and get on out there. Like, oh, yeah. you know, my, my mom was yep. not, it was not that way. And so I think that that's, you know, contributed to my adulthood, mm-hmm. um, in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Know? Well, it yeah. just,
1: it's part of like being a teenager is being kicked out of the nest in small ways. Right. Like, yeah. sure you have a doctor's appointment? All right, you need to call and tell them that <laughs> yeah. you're, you're going to be late or you need to call and tell them that you're going to do there. I don't yeah. care if you don't like talking on the phone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, You know, yeah. little things like
3: that. Yeah, it also spoke about uh, the financial crisis of 2008 and um, enormous college loan debts yeah. oh, so, yeah, um, mm-hmm. that are just delaying this idea of being responsible. Mm-hmm. Um, it says, for many young people, delaying adulthood is less a choice and more the hand that they were dealt. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know... I think it's true. We have to be really careful. I, I think as young adults, like we have to be really careful of what we allow to be um like excuses for us mm-hmm. or made for us. Because um a lot of times we're just like, Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Mhm. I don't you know. <laughs> I it, Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
4: That's yeah. true. Well, that I think
3: we true. can we can depend too
1: heavily on like I mean this brings up like pastoral needs to me like right. okay if if they're if they're dealing with things that have just kind of happened to them then like there's a certain level of ministry meaning like we just need to care for them pastorally. Yeah. But I think it, there's a mindset of like depending too much on that that ministering to and mm-hmm. less of the the Giving something to your church, yeah, you know.
3: Yeah, exactly. So, so how do we support this generation? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, there, there is not one, and and I want to say this very clear. You're not going to get an answer from this from this, you know, segment. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not one thing that we can say. Like, I believe that youth ministry um, is a, is a whole different animal, and the two get lumped together: mm-hmm. youth, youth, and young adult and ministry. But youth ministry is something almost that that is like.
0: It's a different developmental can, stage yeah. of, of the soul. Well, it can be
3: more. It can be more canned. Like everybody's more or less in the same place. Yeah. Um, you know, and it can. It, it you can put out these programs that minister. You know, as a whole to the majority of the group. Mm-hmm. Young adults, it's not like that. Yeah. Um, it, you know. Young adults are just an enigma, right? Yeah. Uh, it used to be that young adults would go, and this is a, a conversation I've been having with some friends. Um, the young adults would go from one family, the family that they grew up with, to another family, mm-hmm. um, the one that they, they create for themselves. Um, and that's not so much true anymore. You no. see a, a large, uh, you know, number of young adults who are delaying marriage. Um, they're not getting married to their older. Um, there's this. There is a, a large population of, of older single young adults um and so the whole view of young adult mm-hmm. has changed and i think you know i would even venture to say that this idea of young adult is a new relatively new idea in general mm-hmm. absolutely uh, because I it, agree. you know like you turned 18 it, probably i would say 50 60 years ago you're an adult Mm -hmm. like you go to you go to work you start a family not not at 18 but like Mm -hmm. relatively soon after that you know these guys are going to the war you know Mm -hmm. we have guys coming back from from war like 22 yeah Mm -hmm. you know um you're an adult and so this is has changed the population a lot as well Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. so for some so how do we minister to these this—that's the question to young adults.
0: Sure, it's a question I have. It's a question certainly our diocese does, and, and yeah. the church mm-hmm. universal, I think, does yeah. as well. And this—this
3: yeah. again—I mean, it's just meant for—for for what is the discussion? Yeah. yeah. You know, there's Start not the there's discussion. not an easy fix, and I think that, you know, as as—and this is not to you know, the, the church is beautiful and I love the church. I believe that the church is behind on this, on this issue. And the, so therefore the conversation needs to be started mm-hmm. um, so that we can move into, okay, let's stop talking about it and do something about yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for, for a lot of people, uh, the last touch point at your church parish is that confirmation. Sure, You mm-hmm. get confirmed and then you just
0: it always comes up go. whenever I'm doing marriage prep. One of the questions that we ask as part of the prenuptial questionnaire yeah. is, when was the last time you received instruction in the Catholic faith? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's kind of a, uh, a very kind of an answer that you you would you would say, oh, well, let's see, when was the last time I was officially instructed, mm-hmm. right? And for most people, it's confirmation if mm-hmm. they've been confirmed. But I, I've only, I think, maybe once had a person who said, oh, well, well, I mean, I go to the young adult thing, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, every yeah. other, every other month or whatever, mm-hmm. and and so there's a sense of some ongoing yeah. uh, instruction in the faith, if you will.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so so the, so then the question is, where do young adults fit in in the church parish? And right. this is what mm-hmm. I want to look right. at today is a church parish, mm-hmm. um, because there there is there is programming out there for young adults. Um, it is it is few and far between, I would venture to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you look at the parish, there is almost in my in my view um, nothing yeah. in the parish. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, Jonathan Lewis says that when parents see that ministry does not exist for their kids, they advocate. Mm-hmm. We need to start a youth group. You know, mm-hmm. we need to go on, on mission trips. We need to do this and that. But when young adults don't find a relatable community, they walk away quietly yes. mm-hmm. and there's nobody, there's nobody saying, what about for our young adults? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so so back to the synod, right? The synod has been called a synod on, on youth, when in reality it should be called a synod on young adults. Mm-hmm. When you look outside of the United States, youth, when they talk about you know World Youth Day, right. yeah. it's really it's not young, middle school. Yeah, yeah, it's more young adults, mm-hmm. um, and so. Um, there are a lot of resources out there for teens, but there's not a lot out there for young adults. Um, and and Lewis says that the danger is when the priorities of a parish life build a child-centric culture mm-hmm. instead of a culture of adult formation, mentorship, and family life. Yeah, right. We do that, really that
1: idea of mentorship is so important too. Definitely. Like. Uh, I know you were talking earlier Tyler yeah. about like mentorship I mean I wonder how that could fit into what we're talking about like if we want this to be something that happens in the parishes mm-hmm. it almost has to happen on a level of mentorship to have someone who notices sure. when yeah. you kind of want to walk away quietly absolutely
4: yeah. and yeah and just kind of one of the things like like Olivia said I was mentioning earlier you know our faith is so relational it's so relationally mm-hmm. based um and I just recently um read an article about mentorship on a conference I just went to and I was talking about uh, or the article was talking about how um, part of it in, you know, kind of getting those young adults who you see want to stay involved um, and want to participate in that ministry is calling them out on those gifts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On, um, if you see that you have a need in your parish that you need more catechists, which is what a lot of parishes yeah. are in need of right that's now. Actually, that's um, actually your experience, right? It, that's yeah. actually yeah. my experience. You yeah. know, our, you, we were in need of um I was in wanting to become involved in a church parish, and so um, I went out and seeked it. I mm-hmm. said, you know, I really want to teach catechism, mm-hmm. and I had a friend of mine said, yeah, we need catechists, and so um, I and was hold. able to be put in that position. Mm-hmm. But maybe um, that's not everybody's but that's gift. But yeah. gi- yeah. that's not everybody's sure. gift, but that's also not the case. Mm-hmm. You know, how frequently do we have young adults that are going to actually come up to somebody and say, hey, I want to teach catechism? You don't yeah. really yeah. see that a lot. Um and so I think for us who are involved in ministry um, is attempting to see those young adults who have those gifts. Mm-hmm. And part of mentorship is, is that invitation. Yeah. Yeah. is. I see this gift in you and I have a place where you can cultivate and use that gift. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, and that's a challenge for me uh, as, as a priest mm-hmm. to, to kind of uh, always be scanning where we almost always as priests do that with, uh, with, with young people like, Oh, that's a, she, she's a very good altar mm-hmm. server. What, what's yeah. next? Yeah. He's really good at altar serving. He's really, really good at ushering. Sure. He's really, right. he's excellent in the youth group. He's very involved. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so what next? You know, we see that in our, in our, uh, Full-fledged adults, right? Right. You know, right. Like, oh well, so and so loves to lecture. They're really good, and and so I actually have to to think a little bit in that bracket, if you will,
3: mm-hmm. of
0: wow, I, I saw so and so. They they came home from college, or. Or um, all of a sudden, I see this young family in yeah. my parish. Right? Uh, wh- what it, can I can I kind of ask the Lord for that ability to kind of key in and see what it is they're doing and doing well? It sure. is it's a challenge, yeah. mm-hmm. and
4: it's and because it's one thing is you know inviting those young adults to come and be involved in the parish, but we can't forget about the question on how are they ministered to as well? Yes. Sure. Um. Because you know part of it is you know you want those talented, gifted young adults to come and minister in your parish, but we can't forget that they still need to be formed as yeah. well, mm-hmm. you That's know, right. cause we still go through a lifetime of formation. So we, we have to make sure that we get those two together. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, what I've been thinking is that, you know, we, we have this great, you know, youth ministry in a lot of parishes. Yeah. And by the time that, the, that, you know, a young person is confirmed, we send them off to college ministry, good luck to you. Right. Mm-hmm. And then we send them off to maybe a diocesan young adult ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, but Lewis says this, it is so important. He says, it's no longer sufficient to walk young people to the threshold of adult faith, but Mm -hmm. to accompany them through it. Mm -hmm. And so what can we do? What can a parish do? Well, he suggests four things. One, some of these we've talked about, but one, uh, listen to the needs and interests of young people through one-on-one conversations or listening sessions. Mm -hmm. What do do your young adults want? Let let them know that you are listening to them. Have your, Mm -hmm. your parish priest and some parish leaders sit down with them and say, what can we do What can we do for you specifically? What do you want? Second, invite young adults to represent key leadership areas of parish life. Mm -hmm. This is important. This means that parish administration, like parish boards and parish, all this kind of stuff that, you know, is, is full of people who have been part of the parish forever, you're going to have to let young people in. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it will be a beautiful gift for you.
0: Even right? if the young person is your priest. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, there, there's that's truth true. to it. Mm-hmm. It true. really is. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Third, uh, he suggests build friendship into all touch points of parish life that continue beyond the celebration of the sacrament. Yeah. They're they're coming back for marriage. They're coming back for baptism. How are we building these relationships mm-hmm. that, you know, exist between the sacraments? Beautiful. Mm-hmm. And number number 4, actually 5, I'm sorry. Fourth, he says mentor a young person or young people. Everyone no matter their age can reach out and invest in mentoring someone else. Mm-hmm. Yep. And lastly, he says offer small groups as young adults or intergenerational formation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is important. Yes. Y'all, that young adults can be assimilated maybe is the right word into adulthood sure. mm-hmm. right you don't want I don't want to be 39 hanging on to young adult ministry going <laughs> but I don't know how to be an adult in the mm-hmm. church mm-hmm. right there, there needs to be this intergenerational thing mm-hmm. and so I, I, I think the parish needs to be the home of the young adult no matter where they go yeah. uh, someplace they can always come back to and that they always from comfort from from baptism to death right? Yeah. They feel like this is home. Mm-hmm. And no matter where they go, they can always come back to their parish, mm-hmm. right? And be accepted, be loved, be, be welcomed. But I also want to suggest this to you. To young adults out there mm. young adults who cannot sit here and say give me give me give me yes. i need i need right, I need. Right, yes. absolutely if you don't absolutely. get up and do it yourself mm. you have to go like you can't go to mass and say or go to church and say well this church doesn't offer me anything does it offer you the eucharist and the sacraments okay then that's Ouch. all you need mm-hmm. yeah that's you all you it. need yeah. right and and, and please rest, come to your priests. Yeah, mm-hmm. please the yeah. rest will come but we cannot we cannot say as young adults because we are a generation that does this mm-hmm. i admit mm-hmm. right well this you're not catering to me mm-hmm. boo boo <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> jesus is calling you right yes. and, and and he's calling you to the eucharist he's calling you to the sacraments and no matter what you know crawfish boil or bowling night or whatever bible study that is not present at your parish does not give us an excuse to say no thanks, Jesus. I'd mm-hmm. rather not, right? Yeah. So young adults, there's a responsibility, right? With every right comes a responsibility. Mm-hmm. And we have a responsibility to be active in our church parish, whether it's catered towards us or not. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Very well drop said. Drop the
0: mic. I was going to yes. say that, that, that was a mic drop mm-hmm. moment. Yes. It was. Uh, well, uh, shall we pick it up and go to that little uh, part of the show that we don't do often that we uh, take time for Back Chat? Back Chat at CapitalUnderground.com. All righty, yeah. This comes from Sister Maria Magdalena CSSF. Uh, we, we're just gonna switch back over to to the camera. I think that that I'm on. At least I hope so. Um, there I am. And uh, let's see. Here we go. Uh, I, I do not often get a chance to see your program. She says. I was home today, sick. Just finished the Divine Mercy Chaplet, then in the International mm, Rosary on EWTN, followed by the Litany of the Sacred Heart before the Blessed Sacrament and exposition. Sister, you have yeah. been busy uh, while you were sick. She I says. What when she it doesn't, went... she's well. I know. Really? Yeah. <laughs> It says, when it went to a children's program, I changed the channel and found your program. I saw the king cake and immediately (laughs) began to drool us to, you know, Olivia made a king cake today, sister. She did. Yeah. She says she first experienced king cake at her first Mardi Gras celebration while participating in an internovitiate program, she says, which was fabulous, by the way. It included about seven or more different communities of men and women. And um, it helped them in discernment, she Mm -hmm. said. We went from Tuesday through Wednesday with a fun activity on the evening of the first day. We'd stay over in the venue where we met for classes and mass, et cetera and the director of formation had their own gathering and we the novices would also have our own gathering and she says, I must say, we had a blast. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the Mardi Gras celebration was coordinated by a novice from New Orleans. She made a delicious jambalaya and gumbo her first taste of it and then of course had king cake uh, and told us the story, told them the story of the king's cake Mm -hmm. and then in all capitals, sister says, we even had a parade from the lineup of cars outside in the circle of the place where we stayed. From the trunk, they threw us beads. Uh, uh, Sister, it sounds like you got like the full yeah, the yes, experience. She did. yeah the full from the New gumbo experience, to the parade it's exactly. mm-hmm. a little bit of everything right. she Lord. says we had a lot of fun uh p.s some of us left but those of us who stayed well i am one of them 27 years she says in a religious life Praise love God. you jesus she oh. says mm. uh God. sister maria well uh we do a see you tip of the hat to you or mm-hmm. tip of the faux hawk to you <laughs> um she says thanks for being on the air well we're happy to be on the air and and what a beautiful thing it is uh, that you got the full new orleans uh, mardi gras experience yeah, sister, so, awesome. so yes indeed make sure you, you spread it there all righty well uh, that's our back chat if you have back chat that you want to uh, to, to pass along to us back chat at catholicunderground.com is the way to do that or you can go to facebook.com slash catholic underground or for that matter you can go to twitter at cath underground and now uh, you can back chat us that way But, you know, uh, we do have another part of the show that uh, oftentimes we enjoy as well. It's that part of the show that we like to call the CU Pick of the Week. All <laughs> We're having a lot of fun on the show. Yeah. It's amazing. A one change of a hairstyle could just mm-hmm. change the whole dynamic. I don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, hey, uh, what's uh, going to be next? I know, really. Uh, I don't want to know, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: we'll think of <laughs> yeah. the right. How about your
0: pick of the week there, Kathleen? All
3: right. Well, <laughs> this is, um, I kind of avoided this because I was not super excited about it. But the greatest showman, mm. have you seen this?
4: Mm. I have not yet oh but I heard gosh. it's great. The fact I that I, I haven't seen it is I've seen it twice. It's, it's, it's yes. I've heard it's, it's such excellent. a good movie. It is yes. such
3: a good movie. It's it's very it's a musical. I love a musical. A musical, and, a musical. And, it, and it's a musical that's not like a classical musical. It's Quiet some, Olivia,
0: I hear your thoughts. She doesn't some, like musicals.
3: Thank you. But oh
1: I, I can appreciate I a good know this movie. About you. I
3: and I trust Kathleen's judgment. Good day, Olivia.
2: I <laughs> uh, no, good day. good day.
3: Anyway, it's it's starring Hugh Jackman, Zac Efron, Zendaya. Zendaya. I'm, so excuse me. <laughs> yeah, I'm an older young adult. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <name> <laughs> I don't <laughs> really um, Tyler's and, hashtag is yeah. younger. <laughs> and, and Michelle, yeah. Michelle Williams. Um, I believe it's 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 based on the life of P.T. Barnum. I believe mm-hmm. it's loosely based. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, from what yeah. I have read, uh, but it's beautiful. It's it's um it's beautiful commentary about uh, relationships, about it it commentates commentates that's a word commentates, Go ahead. Sure. Okay, Good comments, on, yeah. on issues that we are are dealing with today in society um mm-hmm. but that were relevant you know in the 450 40s 30s whenever pt barnum was uh it's got <laughs> awesome music it's got great visuals mm-hmm. it makes you want to like jump out your seat and i like i laughed out loud and oh. and cried a little bit don't tell anybody mm. but uh i did beautiful beautiful mm. i believe it's still in and theaters. the cast is spectacular cast is spectacular i love the cast the soundtrack is phenomenal I, I
0: believe that Kathleen also jumped out of her seat at certain points. If I if I know Kathleen, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we I need thought. to go see a musical together because I would be the
3: same way. Yeah, this is so That's good, right. so good, so All right. The Greatest Showman, see okay.
0: it, love it, excellent. Uh, uh, how about Olivia? Olivia, your pick of the
1: week. Yeah, and as always, it's a letdown after <laughs> Kathleen. When are you going to pitch it to me first? <laughs> I
0: should, I should, I should change.
1: Gosh, that getting like yeah. self esteem issues yeah. over here. Um, so my pick of the week is actually something. Um, it's called the Google Nick Collection. N I K. Nick. Nick. Okay. I don't know how you Nick, pronounce Nick. that. Nick. Um okay. Nick. 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 Nick Nick. No. I need to Hashtag Big Bag Greek Wedding. So this is a um it's like a plug okay. Excuse me that you can put into different like photo editing software. So like Lightroom, I put it in Photoshop. Yeah. And the reason that I did so is because I was having trouble with I was editing photos yesterday, um, sitting at home alone during the rain. I'm with you, <laughs> Kathleen. And yeah. um and I needed my black and white to look a specific way. And I wasn't getting that just with the presets and everything in Photoshop and the different filters. So I downloaded this and it's, it's almost like a, like, uh, like a dark room okay. um, and it's not okay. just for black and white you can do like different analog effects HDR it has a lot of different capabilities um, and it's just something that's built in once you download it it Q. lives in
0: the Google it lives oh. there um,
1: but it's extremely d- easy to use I didn't have to do any kind of tutorial or anything and nice. um, I was super happy with the photo that was produced from it um, because it was like taking my photo to a dark room and being able to manipulate it exactly how I wanted it so without spending an hour and a half trying to do it let me say that so yeah the Google Nick Neek collection is my uh, pick of the week. Oh. I know it's a very like niche pick, no, but I actually, I, some I love of you out there, yeah, uh, if you do no. like DSLR photography and photo editing is your jam, mm-hmm. have fun with it because mm. it was a, it's a good time. And
4: we're always looking for that next thing in photography, that's and right. graphic design, stuff like that. So that's
1: right. I got you.
4: Yeah. That's very cool, J- Jeff. Uh, yeah, since, What's your uh, niche? Uh, it's
2: the most <laughs> wonderful time of the year. Uh, the uh, how about the top Lent apps for 2018? Yes, Catholic app. Oh, I see what Counting, they Catholic. yeah, CatholicAptitude.org yeah. yeah. has put together quite a list to help you this Lenten journey. Uh, my favorite from uh, Focus is a free app called Lent Sanity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get re- reminders from the Meat Police, and, and it is hilarious, uh, these videos, like, Hey, you can't eat meat, don't eat meat. Who, Wait we all need or that Somebody one. in violation of the having police. Meat <laughs> uh, But anyway, the Meat Police is on Fridays to help you stay on track. Uh, also, 3D Catholic is a free uh, app uh, to help you with prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. And from Australia... Yes. Mm-hmm. XT3 Lent Calendar is also free. And these won't actually fire up until Wednesday the 14th, the first, you know, Lent, uh, Lent the first day of Lent. But, uh, but uh, XT3 Lent Calendar is a daily calendar for Lent. Uh, they're, they're inspirational things. Uh, uh, just yeah. incredible photography. So uh, check out the list. I have it in the show notes sure enough, at yeah, we'll make sure TV.
0: Make sure it's listed there. Uh, Tyler, I didn't think to ask. Do you have a pick of the week?
4: Um well to be quite honest considering that I was asked to be on the show about 30 minutes before airing <laughs> I tell you what
0: your pick of the week should be what's coming up this summer
4: What's coming up The Franciscan oh,
0: Experience Yeah sure I can
4: talk about that Um yeah. I'm actually going to be on um Catholic Community Radio in a couple of weeks talking about it but um yeah I'm the director of the Franciscan Experience and so what that is is a 5-day summer institute for rising juniors and seniors in high school um It is a program of Franciscan missionaries of Our Lady University, um, and what we try to do is um, spark um, that idea of vocational discernment. So talking earlier about the Synod coming up, um, and we do that through three different ways, and that's theological formation, uh, service in our local community, but also um, through our Catholic faith, because our Catholic faith provides a lot for vocational discernment. Absolutely. Um, (laughs) And so it's a very unique experience. We just had our first year last year, um, and... We're coming up on our second year, and last year, you know, the spirit was definitely Mm -hmm. present in the week. Yeah, I said mass Um, a couple of times for it, and and
0: the spirit was there. Absolutely. Mm -hmm.
4: Um, and we talk about vocational discernment, but I want to make sure I iterate that we're talking about the discernment in the broad sense. Yeah, this is holiness of life. This is how do I live as um, a Catholic Christian? We do talk about. Um, the church is teaching a vocation, so the religious life, consecrated life, and even marriage. Um, but we want to kind of spark in our young people that sense of what is God calling us to do.
0: That's right, and and it uh, it has this neat little niche, if you will, of looking at it through the lens of Franciscan spirituality. Absolutely, yes. and that's of course here for those of you who are watching us elsewhere. That's in in, in the Baton Rouge diocese. Mm-hmm. So if you get some emails from folks outside of Louisiana, absolutely, wouldn't that be neat? <laughs> Tfe
4: yeah? at franu.edu.
0: There you go. That's it. Oh, awesome. Oh, All right. Okay. Look at that. And my pick of the week, you're gonna have to go to YouTube to find. So I couldn't sleep last night. I was I was up at one o'clock in the morning, <laughs> hmm. and occasionally I will put it on the classical music station on satellite radio. Yeah. And what was playing at one o'clock in the morning on the classical music station was, uh, Lady Smith Black Mombazo <laughs> and they were playing Old MacDonald Zulu style. Wow. I, wow. Don't ask any questions. Just uh, if you got Spotify, it's on Spotify. If you got iTunes Music, it's on iTunes Music. I'm Pretty sure you could probably find it on YouTube, Lady Smith, Black Mombazo. It's quite that, impressive. It is impressive. That <laughs> it's quite will be impressive. That will be my pick of the week. Let us know your picks of the week. Uh, back chat at catholicunderground.com. Jeff, we're always thankful for those who are our benefactors, those who pray for us.
2: Indeed, Thanks. Father Christopher. This week Catholic Underground is possible because of people just like you. So join the growing number of undergrounders at CatholicUnderground.com. .com slash donate. Also portions of the Catholic Underground are brought to you by audibletrial.com slash Catholic Underground. That's audibletrial.com slash Catholic Underground. There's more information at catholicunderground.tv.
0: That is right. And if you want the show notes for this episode, where you can get all those neat little things that we talked about, kind of the jumping point. Then you can go to catholicunderground.com. You can also subscribe to our podcast there if you haven't done that already. Our panelists this week, we've had Kathleen Lee, the benefactress, Mm. she's the Faith Ninja Hope Samurai.
3: Definitely. I'm like i like all kinds of Italian. Yeah, that's right.
2: All these things. We, yeah, we may need to I shave him down a little bit. She is all things does. to all listeners. I am. That's right, and her, <laughs> her. Yeah. and her mama loves her. her mama loves her. Yeah, <laughs> she
0: does. Olivia Galino is at OM on on the Instagram. On the Instagram, and
1: You're, yeah, and I'm she's always learned, here. She's learned how to. <laughs> she's
0: learned how to photograph food. Uh, Tyler Traha has been with us as well. Our technical director is Jeff Blackwell at Jeff Blackwellis on Twitter. Our research assistant, leader of the crew in the lab, is Jim Hayes. Our video director is Ed Ball. And you know me. I am Father Chris Decker. You can follow me on Twitter at Digital Catholic. We hope that we've helped you cut through the noise and find that still small voice. Mm. We're Catholic Underground. We are Faith Gone Digital. And we'll see you next time.